Hello, and welcome to On Resistance. I will be your facilitator. My name is X. Do the comrades and or friends in struggle want to introduce themselves? Hey, what's going on? My name is Esho Funi, and I'll be contributing today's conversation. Hello, this is Bobby London. Welcome. Hello, this is Jay Ray. Thanks for joining us. Hi, everyone. <laughs> hey, so today we are having a very interesting conversation around, I guess, the nature of human as well as the concept of human supremacy and what that means. Delve into that. I guess the first question I kind of wanted to ask folks is, what is human? How do you define that? And who has historically set the bar, the standard of what human is? I don't know. Like sometimes when I think about what human is, I feel like our societal concept of human is us, like two-legged living beings that think and interact in a social way, create structures, create culture. When I think of human, I see it separate from other living things. So I think of, when I think of the word human, I think of responsibility because we separate ourselves from animal. Because we do that, we have less respect for other living things that are around because to serve our civilization needs. Uh, when I think about human, where I'm at now, I feel like I'm interested in kind of unlearning and relearning all of the words and reapplying them based on what I learned to the contexts that exist to liberate ourselves. I look at human as a category first and that I've learned to name a position kind of in the world that we inhabit in terms of the standardization of what human means and what humanity means, intersects very much with oppression. So, again, interested in unlearning and relearning <clears throat> the words. I feel like, well, at least in the context of the word, the word, the English word, human, and who set the bar, the standard of what that was, it reminds me of the white solipsism and white centeredness, white people naming everything, naming what is human, what is not, what should be treated as such, what is civilized, what is not civilized. Because when I think about blackness, I think about, and indigenous people, I think about how it is relatively recently in the, the colonization of this land that people, black people, indigenous people were considered human. So it's like, what does that mean to to be that, especially when the standard is white standard? Since we can procreate, like if I can procreate with a white person, then we're the same thing. And we can have children together, we can bear children. We're the same, you know, in that sense. Even though historically they've tried white science and scientism has often tried to prove that we're not, that black people are inferior or less than human. So yeah, it's just an interesting thing to think about that I've been considering or have thought about for a long time in terms of who has institutionally set that standard of what a human is. So what would humanity mean if we're always catering to that idea or reifying that idea of what human is. It's like, it's always been white. Human always has been considered white. I guess Eshel reminded me of that hierarchy of how it is humanity is established through laws and through religion and how in the Bible, really the Bible is the thing, in my opinion, that really propagates that, that human supremacy, because it says that we're supposed to be fruitful, we're supposed to conquer the land. It also just reminded me of a conversation we were having earlier about who has the power to categorize as human in that own construct of law and order. 
the government and the state uses particular terms to erase in terms of the categorization of enemy combatants and how that was used to avoid, quote unquote, human rights violations. At least we would separate ourselves from the living from material or artifacts. Something that's like dormant can't really interact with the world around it, but it's just here. It just made me think of buy-in to ideas. Are we trying to ascribe to be human? Was that the goal? When I think about historically, for example, Black women being like, sojourn our truth. And our woman, well, I can see why they want to identify with that, but it's like when you have the people in power, slave owners kind of imposing these ideas of gender on to people and imposing an idea of what even human or humanity or civilized is, it often makes you think like, are we trying to continue to buy into that? I'm at a point where I don't know if I really even want to identify with humans are destroy have been you know for the last 500 years destroying the planet and i know that humans are very capable of a lot of really amazing things in terms of emotion and compassion and yeah love the concept of love but do i want to take up the responsibility that comes with this planet being in the place it's in right now we as human have conquered so much and commodified so much that we've lost touch with the land is it's like a live thing there's a disconnect there so i often think of myself as magic and not human i feel like white supremacy has you know abused this planet and like through colonization has caused for other non-white people to follow through. A lot of times I feel like we kind of blame all of humanity for a lot that's going on in the world. And we should name specifically who are the dominant Mm. people who are destroying this planet. And it's white people and it's white culture and it's capitalism. And who benefits the most from capitalism is white people. Specifically white men. Yeah. Mm. And so like, I think looking at the environmental movement and animal rights movement that tends to be a sort of practice and activism that white people feel more comfortable participating into because they don't necessarily see themselves as the cause of that i think it's probably a little more soul searching or reflective necessarily for a white person to have to work in anti-racist movements but they shouldn't be participating in anti-racist movements anyways. But I think really haven't had the conversation when it comes to these things that it's these white industries, it's white supremacy that is pushing for the sort of destruction and who doesn't have the respect of life in general, who don't have respect for other human, what is categorized as human beings, little or less like the planet or other beings that live on it. Yeah. And then I was going to ask, do you think that categorization of human beings or categorization in general, do you think that that necessarily always has to lead to a supremacy? So I'm wondering, did human develop as, for lack of a better word, a category or identity for connectedness and then become into a hierarchy that was racialized and that was gendered and that human became to mean male. Human was used to mean white male. It developed a hierarchy on then and first it was connectedness, us trying to understand that we have shared conditions. I experience the world through my interactions with other people and the environment and other beings, but less so other beings because of the nature of how the construct of human is gone in terms of now human is defined as destroying all living beings. And that is because of whiteness and white supremacy. Yeah, when I'm like thinking of like human right now, is the ability to be able to categorize 
because not mm. other living things can actually categorize and so like specific this is cat this is dog this is studio this is food do we know that though i'm not sure maybe it's for my own internalized human supremacy we are able to create these structures that are harming other living things and there isn't any other living thing on this planet that has created as much destruction to this planet as the so-called human being and i think that makes us stand out makes us far more look animal right because how i understand like the way in which animal and human what separates us is the that animals so to be referred to as an animal is means that you don't think for yourself us as human beings being able to think for ourselves have created more havoc to the planet than any other living so i think that comes with a responsibility we have a responsibility to the planet maybe unlike any other living thing has not seeing it as a hierarchy but everyone has their part to play in the cycle bees pollen are like flowers right so that's their responsibility to keep our planet flourishing and human beings what is our specific function i don't know the answer to that so that's when i think of human being i think of responsibility to the living yeah i'm wondering if yeah the bees intrinsically know that 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 is a responsibility i guess to answer your question bobby is there when, is it inherent? Yeah, I don't think it's inherent. I'm I don't sorry. think it's inherent. I think there's something very poisonous about Western Euro ideals of hierarchy. And it's a lot of dogma that has come from Western thought in terms of how these hierarchies play out in regard to who is the most civilized, who is using the earth the most efficiently. And there are people that were very much, and still are very much in tune with what things are doing and still having a, a qualitative relationship with the earth and living things in it. I think there's an imposition there that people are born into. I was born into this world thinking that chicken nuggets just come from Walmart. And that is scary to think that the rest of the world or a lot of the world thinks that way. And I guess in regard to white supremacy having so much influence on our standard of living and the conditions of the globalization and everything, I often, I don't want to negate what is happening in other countries like china is in bad state in terms of certain areas needing sunlight monitors that show artificial sunlight so that people don't get depressed because there isn't any they're not getting actual uv rays because it's so polluted i feel like that is a human supremacy that may have been influenced by the industrialization of the west and I've also been reading a lot of Afro-pessimist theory, which is for black people, by the way. So <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to look into it, consider that it's, this is a theory created by and for uh, black people. But how Afro-pessimism is arguing that the, the very civilization that we're living in, well, it has no right to exist. I mean, the, the one that we're standing on is... It's created and upheld by genocide of not only our people, but so many other people, the enslavement of the land and the people and the materials it provides. And that civilization needs to be destroyed itself in order to truly be liberated. And if more and more black people find that out, that's dangerous for civilization. I guess I've always hoped that. I was very excited stumbling upon Afro-pessimist theory 
to find that it's like this buy-in whiteness has never considered black people human and it's like do we do we really want to be do we really want to own up to all the destruction that the category of human has created in terms of our own enslavement and you know how their science is trying to prove that we're different and i'm just like are we trying to prove that we're the same because i don't think we are I don't think we inherently are the same. I think that there is a complete divide in their humanity, but maybe we can reclaim the word because there are people and other languages have different definitions of what a person and people are and who they frame as people and like who has that collective responsibility and that cooperation. To bring back to like Jerry was saying about enemy combatants, and there are certain privileges you get by being deemed human and to be one that has humanity and so there's a way that as beings that are identified as human you know that you're supposed to be treated and there's ways that people who are not seen as in that category are not and and animals and trees and plants fruits and their life are seen as not really mattering and that's why it's okay to treat them a certain way and I feel like that kind of goes back to our understanding of them. We assume to know anything about these other beings on the planet. We assume to know what they think, what they don't think, what their life is even like. And, and we don't know. All we can do is observe and try to, with our own bias and our own perception, try to like guess. And I feel like that's kind of the same thing that ends up happening with that whites do to blacks is that they don't really understand, they don't listen, they just sort of see them as this other and they justify that and why it's okay for them to beat and kill and rape and try to destroy all that is that being, is that people. I guess to, I don't know, trouble that a little bit more, thinking about, well, what is, when it comes to revolutions that have happened, like the Paris Commune and the one that's happening right now, YPJ, YPG, and Kurdistan, people fighting for either their autonomy or there being an actual revolution, like would you all consider the American Revolution a revolution? Are revolutions that occur, are they occurring for everything? Like you said, are they actually considering the rest of the lay of the land? and the beings in it, or are they just perpetuating human supremacy? I hear a lot. Like, I'll see a lot of stuff where people, or specifically where Black people are talking about how white people care more about dogs than they do other Black people. And so I feel like it's sort of, depending on people's own struggle, I feel like people are most concerned about their own immediate struggle. But I think in the larger picture, you know, have solidarity with all these other intersectional beings that deserve to exist as well. But it's kind of like right now, a lot of like the black movement's focusing on police, right? But police are only like the basically just the arm of the wealth and like white supremacy that is the larger attack, right? And then if we think about like how the wealth are attacking the planet, that just us as anyone who is breathing or just trying to live on this planet, that affects all of us. But it's hard to think about that whole future when I'm just scared to walk down the street. So my immediate danger is a police officer. Yes, in the grander scan of things, I should be thinking about all this stuff, but my immediate is going to be that. And so I guess in that frame of things, 
people are thinking about the intersectionality of not just human, but in the immediate, I think people are not. Imperialist, white supremacist, capitalist, patriarchy, those are totally (laughs) human social conditions and constructs. People buy into that. I mean, it does really affect the rest of the world. It only gives lip service to it. It's not like, you know, something that's really captivating. Well, the religious aspect of bell hooks, divination, her like, you know, talking about the divine, the ultimate divine and everything. And I'm like, I I understand, I'm starting to understand a little bit more about how liberation theology and Christianity did actually service a lot of black people who were going through really, really intense slavery and hard times. And that was something that carried them through their struggle. But I'm also like, well, what is the very thing that reifies this human supremacy that we're talking about? What is the thing that says that we're supposed to be fruitful, we're supposed to extract from the land all we can? We're the only beings that actually go into paradise, into heaven. Thou shalt not kill, but that means that that only qualifies for humans, doesn't qualify for anything else. So that's codified, you know, it reinforces that human supremacy It's like you can't kill, you're not supposed to steal. Like, these are all human ideas. There is a disconnect when it comes to some people's theory who is on point. Do you think if these activists and organizers who are blowing up power plants and liberating animals, if they cared as much as the animals as they did black life or maybe even gender, like we were talking about earlier, that we would be in a different place right now? If they actually maybe thought of people as quote-unquote human. I think the problem with human supremacy is that it first positions this human, which is this human idea, which has been through hierarchy and power constructed to be white and maintaining that whiteness through violence. And so it's like a way that our, I don't even want to use the word species because I haven't really thought about it a lot, but has centered itself in the universe, which... In the world, the you know, universe. Energy, the universe. <laughs> the universe, by the way. That's a big and ever growing and expanding thing. Sorry. <laughs> no, that it is. It is. And we we see we see people seeking power to name themselves as the center of that. And through that empowerment, I feel like it does affect how we treat other people within the species, other humans, by depriving them of that label or assigning that label. So I think it is related in terms of how we have seen ourselves. You know, energy is created, energy is destroyed. Matter is created, matter is moved. Whatever being, whatever form it takes. Most animals eat within their means based on their needs, except for humans, which we've kind of stolen land and stolen and centralized it in grocery stores and made like a very rigid checkout process. You, If you don't qualify, you don't eat, and so you die. And so we created a really complicated way that is opposite of cooperation and taking according to your need and just trading energy and giving and taking. So I think white supremacy and human supremacy are one and the same and then we can only dehumanize each other so like dehumanization and human supremacy and how does that interact yeah when i think of human supremacy or white supremacy i remember that a concept an idea of survival of the fittest for these organizations that everyone's like talking about like PETA or any of these animal organizations the reason that they feel more comfortable or more empowered to participate in these this type of revolution or this type of change is because their communities in which they come from are okay and, and those communities are fine. 
so they have more time with their hands to worry about like other animals. Whereas being uncomfortable with walking down the street, that's my first immediate concern because a natural thing about being a living being is I worry about my security. And I want to be able to live comfortably and be able to eat without worrying or not. And I want my family to be safe, natural urge that I have inside myself. So if the societies and structures around me is a threat to me, then I can't think of other living things generally. As a human being or as a living being, this conversation in general is tough because like for me, like I identify as a human being, you know, I identify as a living being. And inside of that, when I put it in the framework of seeing human being as a responsibility, I feel like it's really important to identify as a human being because of all the destruction that has happened to this planet that was caused by human beings. And then, of course, specific human beings. I identify when I'm by myself as a living being that's alive. But I can't say that in a room full of like white people. I have to identify with my skin color and I have to identify with my gender and I have to identify with certain things because there's violence that's happening to me. So if I don't identify with it, then it greens light my white supremacy or white people to say, well, we're all living beings. We, you know, human we're beings. all, yeah, we're all like human beings. Yeah, we're all human Basic beings. Human. So we need to be able to get over these things because, you know, we're all hurting. I can feel your pain. But it gives them the privilege to like not associate with the history that led them to where they are today. So when I think about human supremacy, the reason I guess I identify as human because I realize that there has been so much destruction that has happened to our planet and to other living things that I have to work back to being a living being because right now I am a human being and I'm participated in this realm, this world, this part of the universe as a human being and not a living being. Kind of going earlier back to X, what you were saying about necessarily like American Revolution and like does it, I believe, like inherently address those things of human supremacy. And I would hope that through like decolonization, because I don't necessarily think that we will say civilization, having housing or public goods have to necessarily be destructive on the planet. I think it's all about like, you know, our footprints and how much space we take up. And there's ways that we could be more efficient about our output. I think through capitalism that we're not really doing. But I think that through the abolishment of capitalism, human supremacy is largely addressed. And I know like I'm usually hesitant to usually say that like people usually say you get rid of capitalism, you get rid of like patriarchy and racism and stuff. But I feel like you cannot have a planet that is being thought of in a globalist capitalist environment. So I feel like through a revolution that's trying to destroy that would make it inherently a revolution that is at least trying to create something outside of that, if that makes sense. If this is a structure and this is a way of assigning value or naming power and depriving people of empowerment in life and other beings of empowerment in life, and it's been created through competition and survival of the fittest and hierarchy, systems of hierarchy, then none of those methods are going to abolish human supremacy. Human supremacy is not going to be helped by organizing through hierarchical ways to just liberate a couple people who might get in a position of comfortability in that hierarchy. So the methods that created this system of value and not valuing can't be the same methods we use to destroy it. And I think we have to, like humans, some humans particularly, have really tried to make a science 
out of replicating things that nature does already itself, suppressing and controlling and destroying natural methods in order to then put particular people with the title of human in a position to now give people access to certain things based on certain criteria. So I think the system of power that centers human supremacy, to abolish it, we would have to understand that it has been destructive and it has been able to also name what is and is not destructive and what is and is not empowering. And especially when we're talking about like revolutionary change, we talk about how to abolish capitalism, because I do think abolishing capitalism would threaten human supremacy if it also understood that capitalism manifests through largely organized ways like industry, manufacturing, and like a lot of times some leftist anti-capitalism wants to equalize access to those spaces of industry instead of repurposing spaces so that we aren't industrializing the resources and the lives around us and we're actually restoring some sort of cooperation that is anti-hierarchical and maybe only through that process can we rediscover what human could be slash what we could be as living beings that don't have to have that category. Supremacy overall. Supremacy is the issue, which is, to me, when I define supremacy, then it's just hierarchy. Largely what we're talking about is hierarchy, and by talking about human supremacy, we're collectivizing all of ourselves above white supremacy because it's something that's within human supremacy. I feel that it's a bit almost natural for human beings to classify themselves as something, as like human beings, or to associate with the other things that's living that resembles them. So when I think of human beings or even the term human being, I see that being something that emerged through maybe like the evolution or being able to like associate with the other things that are in the same condition as you. Because I think that lions know that elephants are alive because they know they have to kill it to be able to feed themselves. They know they have to be strategic about how they approach it because they can hurt themselves because they don't know what this other living thing is thinking. So I believe on some natural abilities of living things, they know that other things are alive. And they know that, hey, I interact with these other living things that resemble me, other lions. I think it's natural for human beings to do the same thing, to associate ourselves together. And I think that's actually one of the challenges with our civilization or white supremacy is that it goes to separate itself from the other living things that is in the same condition as them. And because of that, it's creating so much like havoc on the planet because of the internal conflict that human beings have with inside ourselves. We can't get our stuff together. So it's spilling out into the other environment. It's like a couple, like a couple that's like having a challenge together and they're like arguing. And when they're arguing, they're affecting the rest of people in their environment. And they don't know how to keep that in control or in the privacy of themselves. And I think human beings are just doing the same thing to the planet. We don't know how to get our things internally corrected, so we are, and we are not working together. We are spilling over into the challenge of us actually working together and trying to coexist. Because even prize of lions that do not interact together, they have territories. Don't cross this line because it might be a problem. There's like a natural instinct to create boundaries. Yeah, I like the idea of learning from other beings in existence and on the earth uh, and how they organize Mm -hmm. and yeah just learning from that i think they have a lot to teach us in terms of not actively trying to commodify and suppress and repress and conquer i think a lot about cats (laughs) i was just talking about cats with my sibling earlier today and how there's like animals that are extremely cooperative in how they organize and coexist with each other. They're not 
necessarily needing to obey certain rules and concepts. They're just doing their thing, and if they choose to cooperate, they will. I like to emulate that in my living practices. Something else I think about when it comes to human supremacy is having pets. Having animals, like I have a dog. We have a friend that's a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you think about human supremacy, it's like, what other animals actually keep pets? No, but for the like for the amusement or just for entertainment. I mean, don't get me wrong. We give them love and we care, and I think that comes with the the beautiful parts about being living or human beings where we are consciously. Because I don't think it's wrong to interact inside of other living other living animals like communities if we can help maybe them coexist. But is it wrong for us to do that? You know, like some people have like domesticated lion. But just think about that ability to be able to interact with the lion and get them to interact differently with the environment around them. And if we were doing it in a, not in a such a way, in a capitalist way, and it was because the goal was to create less bloodshed on the planet in general. Is that something that's our responsibility or is that something that you allow the animal cycle to just have its like way? Because I think about those videos when people are recording like lions eating other like you know baby calves can we shift that can we change that and is that something that comes with the responsibility of being human but we can't really get there until after we can like coexist with each other of course so i think about like that also when it comes to human responsibility i was just gonna say like with certain animal companions i feel like a little specifically like with dogs and cats i feel like it's sort of consensual unless they're like caged because at any moment they could dip out they do i think when animals leave home they leave home because they weren't happy there and they don't want to be there but when they choose to come back i feel like depending on the relationship the person has with the like animal it can be one that isn't necessarily like as a friend you know like where you guys have a relationship and you're in seeing it as like you guys are caring for each other it's like yes i am giving you food you're giving me love and animals have relationships you know and i feel like it's part of human supremacy to assume that they don't and animals have relationships with other animals that are not necessarily the same species and so i feel like relationships don't have to be defined by categorized being or like all things as long as it's consensual and respectful then I don't necessarily see anything about interbeings. Oh. <laughs> like when I think of people who have pets, I think of like Paris Hilton, right? Yeah. They seem like someone who sees their animal companions as objects. You know, people who get dogs because it looks cute to walk them, you know, and they want to go to dog parks. And it's just an object to them. It's just another accessory. It's not this other being that has its own life with its own aspirations mm -hmm. and its own dreams, you know, because animals do have that. I feel like it's just kind of redefining how we understand relationships and making sure that the relationships we have with all living things on this planet is like consensual and respectful. When I think about having like animal companions, I don't think there's necessarily anything incorrect about it if it's horizontal, it's consensual. Do you think because we have the ability to interact with other living things in, in a horizontal way or in a consensual way, when it comes up to wildlife, do you think human beings, once we get our house in order, we're living comfortably, do you think human beings sh is a responsibility or do you think that human beings like they're of a responsibility to interact and like say wildlife animals that are more animalistic are like more connected to their instincts i have a dog there's a dog that i kick it with and sometimes i think it's supremacist sometimes he has to walk around leash on it. and sometimes he wants to run away and i have to be like no you can't go that way you have to come back this way and you need to sit here today the pup ran away for a certain amount of time and when he got back i told him he stayed outside the gate 
stay there. You want to run away? You stay there. Don't come in. And they couldn't open the gate. So that wasn't necessarily consensual. But you interact with dogs differently. You're like much more, you don't push them to do unnecessary things. So that ability is there. That ability is there to interact with them in a horizontal way. When it comes to other living animals, should we also help them interact the world or, yeah, in this realm in a more horizontal fashion? In a context that we have created the structure that affects them, then we definitely have a responsibility to interact to that regard. I would hope that long-term decolonialism would be actually ceding more and more land back to nature and back to quote-unquote untamed because i don't think we need all this that we have controlled currently i think that in terms of what we have affected for example if there's a rainforest and that rainforest has its own ecosystem we're not in it we don't need to be in it but if we start taking something from it like we have just a micro example of Mm. all the things that we've done and to that end i think it's our responsibility the animals or beings that are everywhere right now which isn't a lot it actually kind of scares me the amount of species we've exterminated on this planet it's really scary i guess that's what i'm troubled with is the prolonging of what we have now i guess i am kind of waiting for it to in a way fall as well as the idea and the concept or dichotomy of the civilization the normalcy the civic mindedness the jobs the things that come with civilization the dichotomy between that and then wildlife or that and primitivism or what is the natural world these things were one at one point and white supremacy has divided that hundreds of years ago i mean the reason why our constitution was stolen from the indigenous people by white man by civilized man was because they thought it was a utopia And then they completely just ganked and bogarted these ideas of, like, cooperation for themselves. Because indigenous people in this land, they had it all for everyone that lived here. And then white supremacists came. And then they were like, no, we're going to make it. We're going to make this for us because we got to maintain some sort of power. And then they brought over black people. White women, they can get their equality with a white man queer white people they can get their equality with a white man but it's like where are black people in the what is the ultimate demand of blackness we're here we're here right now what is our demand do we have one can we really think of that demand are we going to acquire land are we going to acquire our rights under such institutions that have historically and inherently been created to oppress us i'm waiting for it to fall How do we fight human supremacy? I was thinking about that, and I feel like maybe there's a different word that can connect us in in the struggle against human supremacy that is not human. Human with a Y. I mean, (laughs) also that. Also, I don't think that we should... See, I don't mind the word human. I, I don't like the word supremacy. It's I, the, the challenge. I don't mind. Like, I, I, I don't actually have a problem with associated with human, to be honest. I don't like writing anything with man in it just because I don't word. think it should be like the foundational oh, well, language of anything. But also when we were saying humanity earlier, I was thinking like, what's wrong with humility? And I also think there's something problematic about asking particular communities because it's associated with being humble. Mm. But I also think in terms of like if we're talking about compassion or empathy, like there's got to be a way that we can have connectedness without imposing supremacy on the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that is human revolution. I mean, because like the reality is right now is that we are destroying our ability to exist on this planet. So if we want to 
live and I think and I mean like us like alive right now because I think it's within our lifetime that um that we may no longer exist the urgency would needs to be a little more there hmm. and can it, it be a little more there can now? it be a little more there can we not wait for the next hashtag to get on the streets for five minutes and then leave can we just do this already because if we're going to talk about who has a responsibility then just like us as Americans we have a responsibility to destroy this government and to stop it from doing the harm that it is doing to the world and to this planet and so as human beings part of that is the world destroying their government and deconstructing hierarchy and abolishing all the things because we want to live i want to be the oldest person die i want to be 103 and die i don't want to be gone in 2033 because like some the planet's gonna shake <laughs> us off of it yeah because people wouldn't get their stuff together but there's a reason why people are coerced and compelled to participate in these structures of domination that are created by white humans. So, like, will they ever stop using their cars? Will people just stop it? Collectivize, you know, bicycles and just, like, use the freeways for bikes or something like that. But it, but people know that that can happen, but it's I feel like the, the urgency of... Of living there so there's the urgency of what the state of the planet and then there's the urgency of our immediate needs needing to be met I think there's a tension between those things people would rather like you said before tend to their own individual struggle look at all of the media right now everything is telling you selfie care all about narcissistic individualism ain't nobody thinking about the planet when they can when they can just look at themselves in the mirror. Narcissism, again, is part of white supremacy. And I yeah. don't necessarily feel like all people can fall into narcissism. Like, I don't feel like black people can practice into narcissism. Black people can replicate things that can be narcissistic. Narcissism is a disease. Part of narcissism is like not being able to have empathy. And I think when black people replicate that harm, they're replicating the in internalized white supremacy that they've been forced to adopt to. So you don't think that white people have, in general, have any empathy for anybody else? No, other than I think they're incapable of being able to have empathy. My understanding of empathy is having gone through that similar pain, and as like coming of someone who is born into that position of privilege, how can you empathize with someone who has been so oppressed and who has been so robbed of any sort of humanity when you yourself have only existed in a world where you were always given that? So there's something deeper inside of the human condition that needs to be transformed on its foundation. And I think that's why like, I relate to the word, the term like human revolution or living revolution, because it talks about this process that you have to go through like, this inner transformation to be able to like, understand the things around you and how you interact with your environment. Because if that does not happen, if each person does not go through that understanding of understanding the world around them, understanding society, structure, gender, race, class, all of these isms, understanding how these things are created and perpetuated, they would do it naturally because it's internalized. So as much as our justice system and our court systems and our police systems were created to perform white supremacy over top of other living things, because white supremacy has been around for so long, it has been so internalized, that each person has to re to be have like two to three generations that's born in a culture of understanding these things. The kids that were born today are born into this world already. They're already born and they're gonna start replicating these things that are creating so much harm for the other living things. So until everyone goes through that process, it might be futile to have all these other revolutions without that inner transformation. And that's why I think both of these things have to happen simultaneously and not one more than the other. 
to ensure like a lasting future, like, you know, we're trying to create a more horizontal living situation on this planet. But how can we do that if it's being reproduced so quickly? I feel like it has to be internal and external. And those are just the words that I have for it. But in order to have a revolution, it would be participatory, especially a horizontal revolution that wouldn't back down from the state that would want to create either autonomous spaces in which the state is kept out of them or abolishes the state in its entirety. And so I feel like to have that participation, people would have to be engaging with themselves to work with each other. I feel like that's where I'm at. I have to engage with myself on a critical level constantly to work with other people towards a a revolution that would be structural. I think it comes with recognizing I may have some sort of individual experience that is affected by my connectedness with other people, my reflection and interactions with other people, but ultimately there are people I share conditions with and there are people I don't share conditions with. And so I have to approach the conditions that I share with people and the conditions that I don't share with people differently. And so that requires me to learn a lot and to unlearn a lot and to be open to that as a constant process, not like a finishing line. And I think that is how I do internal work and I will continue to search for new ways to do internal work. Understanding that the system that exists advertises justice but has no equivalent for what justice is. And we were talking about this kind of the other day. Does justice exist or is that a word that has been utilized by the society that we have to kind of remedy its own problems it creates. And so I think as individuals and through our collective struggle, we get redirected a lot by the dominant society to focus on certain things that take us away from understanding it is both interpersonal and it is internal and it is external and it's structural and it's all these things and it could be global. Yeah, I definitely don't believe in justice. I don't, I don't want justice. I want liberation because justice has always historically been given by the state that that's very clear even in the very base etymology of the definition is like created for and by the state it's not something that is inherent with people and that's a concept that's i guess hard to digest i just feel that it is don't get me wrong like i do believe that transformative potential is really that's why i'm so down with even still the phrase black lives matter it is an obvious thing and it's interesting that people argue that like oh well it's this is a given our our lives do matter no well we have to we have to really believe it we have to you know in order to liberate ourselves i don't think we're going to liberate ourselves by acquiring all the materials that white people have and at the end of the day we still want to be white that isn't liberation to me not psychically not spiritually not mentally so i feel like that is necessary as far as that transformative power that we can grow within ourselves collectively as well as thinking about our individual selves because we don't exist this isn't fascism we can't just consider the society's needs you know that's how fascism happens or has happened we're always considering oh the society the society what does the society want we have to step back and yeah go into the inward and go into the internal and heal ourselves and decolonize and focus on that while collectively thinking about ways in which to liberate ourselves from the shackles of all of these blocks all of these walls i think about just the term product of society just like we are like products of like our society i think that term comes from like the very thing that everyone's like here talking about is doing these things at the same time and not 
not sugarcoating what needs to happen, like not sh- actually like owning up, like do black lives really matter? How do I make sure that I care for other black life? Or specifically, how do I make sure I care for my own life? Because we also like internalize, like harming ourselves when it's hard for us to interact in a society because of the structures that have been created. And that's why we have so much like high suicide rate in our current society because of these specific structures that are creating violence toward like, individual like bodies. Yeah, I just think about the product of society and the definition of Esho like Funi is that mutual relationship between those two things. And if you only have people only working on themselves and not like taking any response, part of society is only like working on like oneself and it's not much participation in other aspects of like changing society. And there's so much like emphasis on like changing itself. Like the quote that's thrown around like by Gandhi, be the change you want to see in the world. But, you know, that doesn't go far enough to talk about the world itself. And Hitler can say the same thing. Right. Be that change. Like, what does that what does that really mean? And it takes away, like, well, I don't have to... I can, like, go into, like, a mountain and work on myself. You know, I can go on a mountain and meditate all day and, like, not worry about, like, society. But, you know, you can escape from that. And that's why it's, like, really important for, like, yeah, it's good to be working on yourself. But it's also really good to be... You have to be active. You have to be active in society. You have to be out in the streets. You have to be, like, speaking up at your workplaces. You have to be speaking up when you see violence happen on the street. Because if you're just taking in all these terms to like understand what these isms means, but you're not doing anything to actually combat it, your self-knowledge is less that's human supremacy. It just made me think real quick that like through practice comes understanding. Maybe that's too simplified, but I know that I can learn things theoretically, but then I can try to apply my learning and then I really learn something. Mm-hmm. So I would just center practice. And then reflection, not weigh one more than the other, but one can't really happen without the other if we want transformation. I was thinking about a lot of times I feel like that human becomes interchangeable with white. And so a lot of times people would be like, human beings have destroyed and conquered a land. But like Mm. really what they mean is like white people have destroyed and conquered the land. I don't want to take ownership for things I have not done. Like, yes, I participate in like destruction and the violence against this planet, by force, you know? I do want to sort of give that responsibility to white culture and white supremacy because I do feel like white supremacy is one that should be held responsible for it. As non-whites, I see white supremacy as like having caused and be a part of like most of the destruction. I feel like by naming that, but at the same time practicing our own individual, trying to lessen our footprint, but more focusing on that, to me, is important for that to be responsibility. Because it's the same thing like with American, like we're like, oh, America's like, you know, Americans are going over there killing people. It's like, I'm not killing no one. You know what I mean? Like this country in which I was been forced into and I was born into, white supremacy is going over there and killing people. You know what I mean? I just feel like as specifically black people, we don't need to own up to what the white supremacy is doing. We just excuse them, you know what I mean? I feel like they're excused of a lot of what they do to this planet by hiding under human. That only reinforces white supremacy too, because it's like when we really mean white, we say human. I just feel like it's it's still it's still a white concept, it's still their language, it's still their symbolic order. I, get, I I totally get what you're trying to say in terms of yeah, not only that I didn't do any, you know, I don't consent to this, but as far as the concept of what human is and it's their language, it's their idea. It's not I think that I'm not going to think I'm above any other species or I have more, you know, the hubris of like more knowledge of any other species because I don't know that. Like, I don't know what a cat is like internally thinking. I can't talk with a cat. 
And I don't think, yeah, by negating the idea of human and who set the bar of, and standard of what human is um, and trying to not ascribe into that is reifying that identity. You know, I just think it's a, their, their concept. I don't feel like it's, it's okay to aspire to a word that I didn't create or a concept that I didn't come up with. I guess that makes me just think about just the origin of the word human. Are Europeans the first people to on this planet to use the word humans? Because, you know, Europeans aren't the first people to do, like, anything other than, like, create extreme havoc on the planet. Everything they have come or most of their, so much of their culture is stolen to perpetuate their supremacy. I really would like to know the word, like, when was human first, like, used? Who were the people using the word human? How was it, like, defined? Who was the first people to use the word human were europeans the first people to use it or did they take that word and start and create it to mean something completely different and mixed it with other understandings and other philosophies to be able to perpetuate or justify their violence toward other living things specifically the internal violence that they are creating toward the other living beings that they are in the same condition with i just think they're the only people as hubris enough to think that they're better than <laughs> than anything else. And I think it goes back to that question I asked like in the beginning was does categorization of things necessarily like mean that there will be a hierarchy or a supremacy of it. You could cuz you can have that's carpet, that's a chair and not necessarily one say one is better or another. And it's like before what Jaber was saying, it's part of categorization is like trying to find like a connection, you know? So it's like as me mm -hmm. identifying as like a certain like political belief, right? Like I am for horizontalism. So as me categorizing myself as being someone who is for horizontalism, I find comfort and solidarity in other people who also who ascribe to that. I'm sure like there was many versions of the word human and in different cultures and different languages, it meant different things. I don't really believe in whoever was the inventor of something because, like, there's no way of really knowing. You know, it's like we were raised and taught to, you know, that brontosauruses were real. <laughs> and, you know, brontosauruses are not real. They were, like, made up. Most of our history, to me, is just sort of you're choosing to believe, you know, like, unless you have the concrete evidence in front of you, you're just going off, like, whoever wrote and the interpretation of whoever wrote some hundreds of years ago. People could have said, like, I'm a human and still been, like, I'm not more than this plant, you know, or I'm not more than this, like, earth or, like, those animals. They still could have saw themselves as equal, even if they categorized themselves separately from that other being. I feel like I'm talking about the con the very Western and civilized yeah, okay. concept of human in general. I don't think people in Africa were like, yeah, we're human, we're human, we're human, right? We're human right now. Like, I think they had a different word for it. Yeah. I'm just talking about the word yeah, itself, yeah. the man, the human that mm -hmm. encompasses what all of us are supposed to be in accordance to white solipsism, in accordance to... And I also think when we talk about like human supremacy, we really talk about like, we're talking about like a specific, we're talking about our experience with it. And we're, because we're in the heart of the empire, it's easy to like talk about it in a way that like negates African philosophy or like South American philosophy or even native philosophy here or Eastern philosophy. Well, like white people make that argument all the time. Right. They're trying to, when they're trying to, you know, erase like our experiences and trivialize our experiences by like, oh, no, we're all human. Like, we're all human. Why can't we just, like, all these and labels, they don't have to take like queer, black, exactly. like trans. It's like, yes. 
as people from what is recognized as Africa, like, and from African <laughs> descent, like, we're always changing what we are, you know? Like, we mm-hmm. were, like, Negroes, and we were colored, and we were brown, and then we were black, African-American. Like, we're, what we're identified as is always changing, mm-hmm. you know? And what does that mean that, like, we are always changing what we are identified as? It's something to play with the humanity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something, especially, and that's interesting, if human really does mean color of man. And so it's like you're always changing with, like, what color means in this, like, you know, because white is always white. White has never changed from being white, you so know? So who is really human? You know, yeah, I write sometimes, and I don't always incorporate, like, a all-encompassing humanity in my writing. And, like, I think I consciously have done that because I can't even, I'm like, I can't even spell this. Like, how I want to actually spell this, it doesn't make any sense. So I'm like, I can't spell it the way I want to. Like, I I don't think I want to use it because I don't want to incorporate man in the humanity. And you also, you have to put it in there. And I also don't believe in an all-encompassing idea of what humans or people or whomever should aspire to be um, i don't believe in womanhood i don't believe in a man all-encompassing manhood you know i don't really always knock on when people talk about humanity i remember i had a uh, teacher who was like our stories are what's going to bring our humanity back and that was really poignant to me but i also yeah i also don't I don't know, it's not something that I, I don't know, maybe I'm just too scorned um, Mm. (laughs) by humanity and what that actually means. It's kind of like when I hear people trying to create their own versions of masculinity, it's like, that's fine. Um, But masculinity as it is presented today is defined by violence and to belittle femininity. So I'm like, you good, good luck with that. So when you first said, what is humanity, I was trying to be more gracious. I'm like, oh, like, it should be social responsibility. Like, it should be, like, rediscovering cooperative social means of organizing ourselves. But then with your follow-up question, like, are white people human? I think that because of the way it's defined, white people, whiteness, white supremacy has a monopoly on what humanity is, on what being human is. And because of just my experience with the word humanity whenever i read it it was always followed or preceded by the good of man would be this and so it was always gendered before it was even human yeah i think when i was thinking of humanity i was thinking of how it's usually used today you know and it's usually used like people would be like well where's the humanity sort of like care and empathy and this idea that as human beings we have this sort of solidarity that you know together and then I just, like, it made me think of, like, Asha, when you were speaking of, like, pedagogy of the oppressed and this idea that, like, if you lose, if you do not love your oppressor, then therefore you have become the wrong that which the oppressor is. No. Yeah. And so um, my train of consciousness kind of went to, like, when you go to university and you take humanities courses. Whoa. Yeah. And so, like, you know, and then it's this requirement you take humanities. And then what falls under humanities? English. English falls under humanities and like, it's like for humanities there are these certain like forced classes that you're supposed to take that if you, meaning like if you graduate then like, you know, it's kind of like those SCE 
boys right they like we're singing that racist song like ain't no n-words gonna be here or something like that and so now the university is gonna make them take like a cultural course on like you know like diversity and they're gonna take some little course and that's gonna mean like they're not gonna be racist you know white boys anymore but it wasn't just like some thing that just happened at SAE, SAE in the University of Oklahoma like that's something that like SAE and like all fraternities if we're gonna be honest and even like non-white attorneys that try to like assimilate into that because please like if you have even if you're a non-white attorney I mean fraternity you're still trying to assimilate and have that access and like they're all racist of course all racist and sexist and dangerous and they shall be abolished you're in a university you should be working on abolishing the fraternities and sorority system because that is only a microcosm of the, which is so far I don't know it was really to humanity human supremacy but it's like it's like a microcosm of what is happening in the larger in this country because that is the hierarchy on campus right if you're in a fraternity or sorority you are considered like better than the rest of the students there and that's classist sexist and racist humanity phonetically reminds me of the word words huge manity human supremacy thank you you've been listening to on resistance check us out on our tumblr on resistanceradio.tumblr.com hit us up on our gmail on resistanceradio at gmail.com and if you want to follow us on twitter go to at on resistance la thank you for listening to on resistance <coughs> keep on resisting because we do